there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party and Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, my man, how's it going? It's going really well, Shay. I've tested negative for Sweet. COVID, so feeling good, feeling active, lots to do now, and I'm really excited. A little cough left, but for the most part, on the road to recovery, 100%. That's right. Nice. Well, we got a fun one today. We are going over a bunch of Apex Legends news as well as breaking down these stories from the Outlands Judgment. Before we do that, though, we want to make sure you join our Discord to ask questions for the pod, chat Apex, find teammates, and receive third-party updates. Link is in the description. This month, we've had a massive surge of support for our Patreon. It's been helping the show a lot. We've been able to grow immensely because of it. And all of that is directly connected to our first ever third-party invitational tournament this coming Friday, the 28th of January. It's going to be awesome. I will say, other Patreon shout-out, we got to throw in, because I've had people that didn't realize this was a part of it, and we're super thrilled. You get the Saturday episode early. So Mm -hmm. today, we're going to talk a little bit about control, but Saturday episode is fully control talk and talking all about the new mode. So if you want to listen to that right now, you can go join the Patreon to do so. Um, Before we get into the news, though, we have one other announcement we want to make. We are welcoming another member to the third-party team, a new audio editor to hopefully give us a little uptick in quality and uh, make everything a little bit easier for your host. So thank you to Gavin for joining the team. Give him a nice little warm uh, welcome and shout-out in terms of his work if you see him in the Discord. Um, Yeah, anything else? I'm excited to have Gavin. (laughs) Really excited. Great guy. Really excited to have him on the team. And hopefully, we'll have less uh, scary Henry S's in the future. We'll do yeah, our we best. Sh- I sh- should have put in like a Sally Cell she- Seashells by the Seashore Please for you don't. to read right there or something. Oh, Please man. Don't. Let's dive into the news. First piece of news. Jay Beebs inter- did an interview with the YouTuber Kid- Kidjana. I apologize. I don't know if I say that correctly, but shared some interesting information. And we're going to go through some of the quotes. Uh, first, the team is monitoring the Rampage changes and data. And on the topic of the cutoff points for the Rampage change, not actually changing the shots to kill, Jay Beebs explained that Apex isn't just sitting in the firing range and unloading on a dummy. There's lots of variables involved in actual combat with an Apex. So while it doesn't affect the cutoff point, it's doing less damage. Even on paper, the DPS is not very good. DPS is also kind of a tricky measurement with lower rate of fire guns that are sort of bursty. It's not all about the numbers. And one damage nerf on something like the Rampage is much different than a one damage nerf on something like the R9. And it is all stuff we mull over and talk about in our weapons meetings. We are aware of it. Interesting to hear the response, obviously. I know this one hits you pretty close as the resident numbers guy around here. But how do you feel about this? I... I don't feel like this is very productive, honestly. (laughs) I think that I can 100% agree that it isn't all about individual numbers in Apex. It is a 3v3 BR environment, so you have tons of variables in terms of what affects getting a knockdown. But anyone that plays this game has to admit that, for the most part, there are a lot of clear 1v1 engagements. And... If you're trying to nerf a weapon and you're not affecting that 1v1 engagement at all from a straight-up perspective, it's not a meaningful change, period. Like, you're just not moving the dial enough. You might move the dial, 
but it's not going to be meaningful. The thing that I want to know about the Rampage is, is it outperforming other weapons in direct head-to-head because they Mm -hmm. claim they have that information, but we've never heard anything come from it because we've just been told the data is too deep and too complex. And is the Rampage pickup rate above average? Mm -hmm. Those are the only things that I want to know. And then if those things aren't scary and at like the upper levels for both of them, then we probably don't need a nerf. But if both of those numbers show something dangerous that the Rampage is outperforming other weapons and it's very popular, then we probably need to make a meaningful change. If not, we don't need to do anything. But to say that numbers can't give us any answers, I don't like that. I think reading between the lines on the DPS stuff is essentially him saying, hey, we look at this gun and it's not broken, like on paper. That is true too. And so there was some talk. Let's talk about this next part. The team is looking into and talking about LMG changes within the context of Apex. We know now that the Spitfire will be coming back to the ground at some point. And how they do that in a healthy way is something they're looking into. But I think that's obviously where the issue with the Rampage and why so much context probably comes into uh, the play with this gun more than any other gun in Apex Legends when we kind of break it down. And so reading between the lines on that DPS stuff, I think is him saying, hey, this gun by the numbers is not a broken weapon, which is why I think you're saying, hey, I want Mm -hmm. those other numbers to reiterate some of these points. Like how much are people using it? Is it really broken in that way? Because we've done in the comparisons and on paper, it's not broken and people still talk about it like it's the, you know, baddest gun to ever touch the game at this point, which that's just an echoing of the point of LMGs are just a strong style right now in Apex Legends. I also think like the Rampage is sort of old news by now. Like we're going into (laughs) season 12 right now. It came out season 10. So the fact that there is like a lot of talk about it is weird to me. And maybe it's just reflective of people don't have anything else better to talk about, which is probably a positive thing. He mentioned it was that like the bug happened, which kind of like brought some popularity to the gun. And that's obviously just rubbing people the wrong way. So it's just a tough combo of all these things kind of like combining at this perfect time. Like you're saying, nobody's got anything to talk about, all that fun stuff. (laughs) Do you believe that they had that change planned for season 12? I kind of do, but I also Good. don't at the same time because it doesn't it's really hard like, to believe. It, there wasn't like, before all the rampage chaos happened, there wasn't a lot of people talking about it. So, but in that sense, it does make, it does make sense because if they're mm-hmm. looking at the data and we get a really small change because nobody's talking about it and this is just a pure like little balance tweak as we kind of are hearing that it is, then it does make some sense as a season 12 change. Yeah. What do you think about the Spitfire coming back? Dude, I don't know. I don't know. Like, Because if the Spitfire comes back, that to me means we're going to see overhauls to how LMGs are performing. Because I don't think there's a way to bring the Spitfire back. Obviously, anything close to its current state or anything it was close to when it, before going into the pack for it to feel like a good use of a good use of ground loot and something that's still effective. So they're obviously looking into how do they change LMGs in a way to give it more class specific use. And Jay talked a lot about like it's hard. Like you can't just you can't take away mobility because that's what keeps Apex fresh and fun. And that's like normally what happens with LMGs. I don't know what they do. I don't know how it happens. Yeah. It's a gun I'd it's, be happy to just leave in the pack for a while. I 
That's what I would do. I would leave it mm-hmm. in the pack. I think it's way too hard to have the Rampage and the Spitfire together. And if you were to just to swap them, what was really the point of adding the Rampage in the first place? But if you're Content. newer to listening to <laughs> the podcast, you might not know that we talk about this a lot. LMGs are incredibly powerful in Apex. Incredibly mm-hmm. powerful. If you don't use them, you're seriously missing out. And the reason being, an LMG is characteristically higher damage, higher DPS, with a larger mag, mag size compared to an AR without sacrificing any mobility. Mm-hmm. Very, very good stuff. You're looking at pretty high time to kill. You're looking at a really good like early game pickup because of the mag size and then getting oppressive into the late game. But you look at all those things, you can't really change those. If you mm-hmm. took away mobility, the most important thing in Apex above be weapons, unusable. Mm-hmm. it would be unusable. So the fact that you can't touch that dial and you can't really make it so that the damage per bullet is less and you can't bring down the magazine size because that's the entire point, yeah. what do it's, you do? What do so you do? I think I'd more so want to just reinforce the fact that, hey, LMGs are okay where they are. I think it's way too hard to try mm-hmm. to do an overhaul. But we'll see. We will see. That's for sure. Okay, they kept talking though, and we got two more things to talk about. Pathfinder's passive and some Gibby changes. In regards to the Pathfinder passive, the team very much seems stuck because of paths, pick rate, and win rate. Jay Beebs even offered up that if anyone has any compelling ideas for a passive, that it is not a straight-up buff, the team is all ears. Too many of the ideas currently are just straight buffs, and it's currently not just a number it is not currently a number one priority for the team. Because the pick, weight, pick rate and win rate is healthy. And that's kind of what we have responded with. For We get a ton of questions in Discord and Apple Pod, five stars that are asking how we would give Pathfinder a passive. And it's just like, there's not any ideas. I echo this. There's not any ideas that are the quote-unquote side grade, you know? Like, And how you're not going to take anything away from the grapple. It was It's incredibly fun. That was echoed by Biebs as well. So it's like, if you're ever going to do something... I don't know, it's tough. You got any magical ideas we should pitch to the team? Honestly, I think that it's kind of beating a dead horse at this yeah. point. Like, Pathfinder is the fourth most popular legend in the game. He's mm-hmm. had a really uh, difficult past in terms of balancing state, popularity, and power versus other mobility legends. But right now, Pathfinder's heyday. It couldn't yeah. be better than it is right now, even though we don't have the uniqueness that we want. The tactical and the grapple is still so compelling to play mm-hmm. Pathfinder and is clearly reinforcing a pick rate and a win rate that he's good. And yeah. it's too bad he doesn't get a unique passive compared to somebody like Valk. I get that. But as many Not, ideas as we have, it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to change him. It just doesn't. I think he would go down if you changed him, and that's not what anybody wants. Yeah, People yeah. like Pathfinder. Not every legend is going to have a balanced passive, tactical, and ultimate. You know, like that's just how it is. Pathfinder's power are leaning towards the tactical and the ultimate, and it takes a hit on the passive because of it. And that's okay, honestly. Let's talk Gibraltar. Um, so, talking about Gibby, Beeb says the team would like to do some rebalancing to his kit. He's a must pick at high level play, but he's just not. People pick him out of necessity and don't have a lot of fun with him. If a lot of fun with Gibby's kit, like a lot of this has to do with he's not, he's got a lot of long cooldowns to his ultimate and tactical. Generally, using abilities is fun. 
He goes on to say that him and the team haven't been prioritizing this because Gibby is just not problematic, essentially saying he's not a really toxic character, pun intended, looking at Caustic Meta as an example. Biebs doesn't like the idea of adding health to the bubble as well and talked more about focusing on the offensive power of the bubble being something that changes um, because the ability to reset with it is so unique and a staple of Apex Legends. The true problem Biebs cites is, quote, how to straight up nerf a character with less than a 5% pick rate. So what we are grappling with is how do we transition him from a must pick that no one wants to play to an enticing pick that is not as dominant. And once again, echoing this idea, this team is open to ideas on this. And this is kind of what you were talking about. It's an impossible task, uh, mm-hmm. similar to Pathfinder. How do you side grade a character less than 5% to make them more exciting but still relevant in top tier play is a very hard and tall task to do. Um, Gibby is obviously not a toxic meta. We've heard these kinds of things before, but with Gibby and Pathfinder, it is nice to kind of finally have some openness from the devs in confirmation that this is exactly what they are thinking in their line of thinking and we shouldn't be expecting these changes in season 12 or truly anytime soon at this rate, which are ones that we're both rumored to come out in the near future. And that's essentially why we're talking about this today. Yeah, I mean, we were expecting and having conversations about Gibraltar and Pathfinder changes in season eight. Yeah, a, a while year back. ago. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we haven't really gotten anything and now the most recent news is we don't have any ideas and we're in a holding pattern. I think that's your answer right there. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm okay with that. I think that we've said it before that having Gibraltar meta and competitive is actually pretty good based mm-hmm. off of just the pace of play and how his kit operates. And outside of that, this whole idea of changing a legend so they're more fun but not more powerful, that doesn't make sense. Like it's hard. It just you can't make every legend the same equality of fun. You know, mm-hmm. if you try to get yourself on that mindset, how are you going to make it so that somebody with fences is as fun with somebody with stem? Can fly. It just, it, yeah, it's really an impossible task. So I appreciate this honesty. I wish we got it sooner, but I think this is kind of the end of this conversation yeah. for now. Yeah. Uh, obviously, hit Biebs' DMs if you uh, have any killer ideas, though. Um, Next piece of news, third year anniversary login rewards incoming, which are quite, quite exciting. From February 8th to the 15th, if you log in, you're going to get Octane and three thematic packs. From February 15th to the 22nd, you're going to log in and get Watson plus three thematic packs. And from February 22nd to March 1st, log in, you get Valk, three thematic packs, and one legendary pack. This is a really cool way to celebrate the third year anniversary. We've been talking about for ages how not everyone gets to play and play every single legend. And this is a step closer to that barometer. (laughs) I think this is beyond epic. I'm really, really excited about this. I think this is a wonderful move uh, for Respawn and Apex. I think that everyone should have access to all the legends. So having something that provides legends for free to more people just for playing and being engaged in the first part of the season. I'm 100% on board with this. I think that it's awesome. Yeah. The only like eyebrow raise I have to this is how do we pick these legends? Like Yeah, it's kind of a it's weird trio, kind huh? Kind of odd. Like I get wanting to get Watson in there because she's probably not 
very popular. But mm-hmm. Octane, I bet it's people's first unlock for the most yeah. part, given his popularity and things like mm-hmm. that and how long he's been in the game. And then Valk, people love Valk. So yeah. I'm not really sure what the strategy was for this, but I think for people that don't have Valk, they're going to be very excited about this. Mm-hmm. And for the other legends, maybe it won't be super impactful, but if you always wanted to try out Watson and you haven't had the chance, now you could. Pretty yeah. easy. I mean, I look at it as Octane is for the brand new player that joins this season. Watson is for the longtime player that nobody wanted to unlock her, and now they are finally getting around to doing it. And like you said, reinforcing a low pick rate legend. And Valk is kind of that, hey, let's meet in the middle of the newest legend that is in that mobility kind of fun realm, essentially. So probably the least unlocked of all those mobility legends, at least, uh, that are really popular. So it's a pretty good balance, I would say. And I'm excited for the packs as well that come with it. Obviously, we have the legends, so won't be uh, getting them in this uh, reward system anytime soon. Next piece of news, though. Pro League Split 1 playoff standings. ALGS went down over the last weekend, and we have some cool results and pick rates to go over. So TSM came in first. Great highlights. Awesome to see Hal come in first. Again, dude's a freaking walking dynasty at this point in terms of Apex Legends Global Series. NRG was the runner-up, and Esports Arena got third. Some highlights from pick rate in NA. Gibby was 100%. Valk was up to 87.1%. Loba got up to 29.3%, and Fuse made a debut at 5%. Over in the EU, we had some weird pick rates as well, with Wraith being up top at 77%, Gibby down at 64% in the EU, Caustic at 45%, and Crypto at 34.5%. And I got to say, to echo your point, I think I would much rather watch 100% Gibby than a Caustic 45, which is essentially what Biebs was saying to a point as well, because... It's not a fun legend to watch on pro play. So this is a pretty fine meta to be rocking with right now. And it's not super fun to play against. Um, yeah. I'd definitely rather play against a Gibby than a Caustic uh, in pro play. Um, I think the takeaways from this are, wow, professional Apex is not stale at all. Like mm-hmm. We're getting a lot of changes. And the legends that... I like, I mean, what we like on the show are definitely getting popular. Yep. Finally, Gibby, Val, Globa, Fuse, all we're missing is Rampart. And <laughs> I don't think she has any place in pro. And like, you're playing all my favorite legends. So, when someone rips the minigun out in the ALGS, Henry will be uh, have a new favorite streamer. We'll, let's just say it's a free gun with the highest <laughs> DPS in the game. All right. Oh, man. Okay. Next piece of news last chance to currently buy Legend Editions. A little announcement was made. And according to our guy, Shrugtoll, they are likely going to be moved to EA Play subscribers in the future. What do you think about this move kind of shifting away from the DLC that like the only version of a DLC I guess that Apex kind of has at this point? Yeah. Well, for us, I feel a sense of nostalgia towards the Legend Editions because our very first episode yeah. we talked about the release of Octanes. And for some reason that's just Throwback. like a big memory in my mind. <laughs> um but we had the printed out pictures. On mm-hmm. our on pieces of paper before we used the computer or anything, we printed out the show doc with pictures, and we talked about the pictures on an audio podcast. That was a great decision for our debut episode. 
And look at us now. It's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty funny, but I think the legend editions are a cool idea, but just not used uh, mm-hmm. very effectively, I think. Um, and so I'm kind of okay with this change. It definitely inspires urgency. Like I saw this and I was like, man, I should probably pick up the Gibraltar one. But mm. we'll see if it kind of changes things going forward. I've always thought that they make some weird choices. I like the matching weapon and uh, like legend skin, mm-hmm. but then sometimes they put in a badge and that's weird. And sometimes yeah. they put in a like weapon charm that doesn't really fit. And I think it's kind of strange. But there are some really good legend editions. Like yeah. Pathfinder, I think, is up there. And the Havoc mm-hmm. skin. Love that. I think Gibraltar's is quite good. Uh Bangalore's is I have the probably the one. best. I um, think the don't sleep on the lifeline one though, also. And the Loba Angel one. Loba's yeah, is yeah, very cool. So mm-hmm. a lot of those editions are pretty epic, but I don't think they're really like taken advantage of by the player base. You don't see yeah. any of those skins common. Like they're yeah. not common yeah. at all. As an EA Play subscriber, I'm fine with this. If I get them all as part of it, <laughs> this is all I'll say, I guess. But in all honesty, I think, like you said, they're not common. And because of that, I think potentially they're just priced a little too high for what they are. And trying to maybe bring that down into an EA Play subscription makes some sense, I guess, to me. But yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be missed by any means. And we don't really base episodes around the legend editions it's not something that gets the community very excited unfortunately right now as just new skins don't tend to do that yeah next piece of news a little off apex but we are excited because three new star wars games are coming from respawn and that was announced yesterday absolutely hype we're getting three games star wars jedi game which is supposed to be the fallen order sequel we are getting an FPS Star Wars game uh, with Peter Hirschman uh, leading development. And we are also getting a Star Wars strategy game by the studio Bit Reactor with Respawn as the producer. Bit Reactor has a couple uh, founders that are coming from like the civilization side of things, like civilization. I don't know which versions, five or six potentially. Uh, so, kind of a cool breakdown there, but a huge Star Wars announcement. If you've been listening for a while, you know Henry and I are big Star Wars fans. We're big Respawn fans. Um, I'm super excited about the first person shooter from respawn in the star wars universe my first mind goes to clones you know that's a dream of mine to get like a star wars the clone wars clone first person shooter br tdm kind of mode i know you're a big strategy game though guy is this like tickle your fancy at all all of these are potentially award-winning games honestly Mm -hmm. Uh, i really it's hard to curb expectations on these uh, just because it's the greatest ip ever created Mm-hmm. And it's a really great studio historically. And these ideas, at least from a concept, are all like home run, slam dunk ideas. So yeah. I'm really, really excited. I think there's a ton of potential here. And yeah, I'm just sad that we don't get them right now. I'm too excited. I know. I know. We got to just keep on waiting, unfortunately. But beyond excited for these is going to be really cool um yeah if you like hearing about our thoughts on other gaming stuff let us know because maybe you bug us enough we'll go good games but before we get into the rest of the episode here's a quick word from our sponsors we have an amazing sponsor today give her give her is the first gift giving company of its kind henry and i both struggle with completing the 
very often stressful quest of finding that perfect gift for our partners. But GiveHer is truly the perfect solution to that. With extensive research and excellent curation, GiveHer has gifting figured out, promising to provide the perfect present and indulgent experience for your busy partner. These gifts are truly different from the rest because the core of the gift is an amazing experience that you and your partner get to do together. It's about connection. The gift focuses on what is actually important, making happy memories with your loved one. For the upcoming holiday, Valentine's Day, we are partnering with GiveHer so that you can get your partner something special. Over the holidays, we gave our girlfriends their ultimate massage set, and they loved it. Head over to GiveHerGifts.com, G-I-V-H-E-R-G-I-F-T-S.com, GiveHerGifts.com. Use code APEX at checkout for a 10% discount. Give your loved ones a really nice gift. Welcome back. To wrap up this episode on the back half, we are going to talk about the stories from the Outlands as well as what we have gotten now confirmed for season 12 with some announcements, starting with a control three-week LTM to start season 12, 9v9. Honest, like keeping honest with you guys, uh, we'll give our first impressions here, but we're going to go in-depth on this mode on the Saturday episode and give all our thoughts, theories on what we think it means for the future of the game. But how excited are you to see a new mode kick us off this next season i think it's a great way to start the new year honestly and we are betting big on this i think Mm -hmm. we'll do multiple episodes on this mode uh going into the next season very excited i think this could be a massive leap forward for apex yeah gonna be absolutely fantastic and we'll answer any questions you may have about it on the saturday episode uh, next con- confirmation though, Olympus map changes will be coming with season 12. Uh, the quote, kind of like the tagline for this announcement was a new view from Olympus, something different, something different about the floating city, but what, you know, kind of getting mysterious, getting mysterious. Sorry. And we got a little teaser video though, that shows Olympus now floating over a city that has flying cars going through it, echoing back those star Wars vibes once again. Dude, it's interesting. We start getting closer to the city and somehow you get the city environment in Olympus that we've been kind of dreaming of coming in in some way, shape or form, giving us a hot drop. I don't think that's what's happening this season, but maybe in the future, that could be quite exciting. Yeah, I'm excited to learn why there is this change. Um, I think there's a lot of lore going on right now uh, on the planet that Olympus is on, Samathe. Um, so I'm really excited about this. The only kind of interesting part, which I think I just answered, is why are we not updating King's Canyon? You know, yeah. season eight, King's Canyon update. Season nine, we did an Olympus update. Uh, season 10, we did a World's Edge update. Then season 11, we got Stormpoint. Logically, we should be back to King's Canyon for an mm-hmm. update, but we're not. And I think the answer is pretty clear that we just have too much lore centered around Samathe. And evidently, maybe this was one of the best calls yet because the player base is in desperate need of Olympus. People mm-hmm. are clamoring to play on this map. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's quite fascinating as well to see what goes on in the next couple seasons because maybe this does mean, hey, we just won't be getting kings for a while at this point. Um, Whether it gets thrown into rotation or not will be interesting to see uh, in season 12, but 
you know, that'd be quite sad, but also would build up some serious hype for whenever we do go back eventually. And that'll be really exciting to see. The last thing we got confirmed that we're going to talk about today was the new legend, Mad Maggie, condemned to fight to the death in the Apex Games. Man, this is a controversial one that we've been leading up to for a while now on this podcast. We got the stories from the Outlands. We got this interesting picture of her posing as a freedom fighter, but she's actually coming. We said it wasn't going to happen. We thought it wasn't going to be the case, but she's here. What were your first impressions? Have you been convinced from the stories from the Outlands that this was the best move the Apex could have done? <laughs> um, I, I'm setting you up. To- <laughs> you set me up. <laughs> I, I'm not thrilled. This mm-hmm. is the first legend ever that I am pretty unexcited for. I'm really mm-hmm. not happy about her introduction into the game. I'm not convinced yet with the stories from the Outlands, but honestly, a lot of this comes down to abilities and actual like yeah. gameplay. But from a lore perspective, I'm not completely sold. From a business decision, I'm not completely sold on introducing Maggie as a legend into the base game. So this will be an ongoing discussion. Those are my initial reactions. I'm not like as down on it as you are. I've come around a little bit, but I am definitely not still thrilled by this. Um, But I think I am excited to, and we're going to talk about it next Wednesday is currently the plan um, because we're going to get some trailers coming out this week and hopefully before we record on Wednesday. And so we're going to go in depth on the story and history of how we're getting Maggie, but I'm excited for what it means in terms of lore for us visiting with the syndicate, visiting with Silva, which we're going to talk about a little Mm -hmm. bit today and how we're going to progress the story with Maggie as the essentially being the carrier for that. She maybe didn't have to be, and that's kind of the big thing, but I am excited to see the direction the story goes and talk about the Apex universe a little bit more holistically. And like you said, I will wait till we see the abilities and all that kind of stuff before I kind of make judgments on the gameplay of the character herself. But with that, walk us through the stories from the Outlands. Judgment. You got it. So the video starts with the judge and jury, one person, claiming that he hasn't executed a criminal since the IMC was in charge. This is the opening line and really stuck out to me because essentially that means that the syndicate has not had a capital punishment ever in its entire history, Mm -hmm. which this is many, many planets that is controlled by a mercenary syndicate, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that is very, very odd to me. And We're going to circle back to that (laughs) next week. But essentially, we go to Maggie's trial. She's charged with 27 counts of sedition, 18 counts of inciting riots on the planet Salvo, nine counts of raiding syndicate transport ships. Maggie rebuts this and claims that they were taking food supplies away from Salvo and she was just returning them. And then she's also charged with masterminding the attack on the Salvo merger ceremony. In season mm-hmm. eight, Maggie claims that her reason for this was she did it for freedom and that the innocent deaths were the price. Dang it. Not really <laughs> sold on that, but that's what she says. Mm-hmm. Um, the judge then says it's too late for that. The treaty is signed. Maggie then does something extremely scary. 
bashes her face on a metal bar, breaks out a tooth and spits it at the judge. He screams. He really does not like that at all. She puts some velocity on it. Serious. Some serious below. velocity. She's yeah. mad. She's mad Maggie. Like, that's kind of going to be the fun thing with this character. She is as crazy as it gets, it seems. And that that right there, that tooth moment, really signaled that to me. <laughs> 100%. So then we have syndicate guards take her out. And with R301s that are fitted with laser sights, pretty mm-hmm. cool, they prepare to execute her with Duardo Silva looking from afar. Yeah. Before she's killed, she says, I've been ready to die for Salvo every day since I was 12. She then does a tribal Salvonian dance and screams, For Salvo! Mm-hmm. Silva then says, No. And the judge says, You're going to the Apex Games so that your old friends will be your executioners. The Outlands will watch you burn for your crimes. Maggie then laughs, realizing that she's been saved, and says, let's see them bloody try to kill me. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts, Jay? It it is crazy. And it's mad. So I Mm -hmm. I think they they fit those things together. I love seeing the mob boss, Silva style. And we're going to talk about how he fits into the lore next week. I'm super excited to do like a deep dive on the history. Talk about the audio files that came out recently. But he was a really cool character to get introduced in this stories from the Outlands. But... Maggie is mad. She is crazy. She's willing to die. She's ready to die, but she's got the skills to not die. And that makes for a dangerous legend in of herself in terms of just purely fighting in combat. So I think she's going to come in as like a serious kind of threat lore wise in that way. Um, I'm excited to see like what happens with her, but there's still some weird questions on what does it mean for the apex games? I, we thought it was like this honor to be involved and get your credit card to get granted access. And now all of a sudden we have Silva being able to grant access, which it's a little fussy and a little weird. We'll dive further into it next week when we kind of like get more information, hopefully answering some of those questions. But right now I just have a lot of questions right now, essentially I said right now, a lot, man, <laughs> a lot of questions. I I'm really excited for next week. when We'll be able to dive into this lore. We've already done about 80, percent of the work for that episode there's a lot to uncover i think the vast majority of the player base doesn't fully remember or know the lore behind Mm -hmm. this so i think it's going to be a really critical episode to listen into because there's a lot of weird stuff going on maggie is a very interesting character the events that have happened and that are going to happen are pretty significant in apex legends universe Mm -hmm. um like the one thing that I think we can take away right now from this story from the Outlands is that if you interpret Mad Maggie as being crazy, she did not seem crazy. She <laughs> seemed like very authentic, like I'm just trying to save the innocent people of Salvo from the syndicate. Mm-hmm. Multiple instances of imagery showing her as a hero. And so, yes, she's upset, but clearly she's being shown as not a crazy person. Like she believes strongly that there is sound logic behind her actions. And now she has the biggest platform in the Outlands to continue that vision. Here, so, do you want to hear my comparison, like in terms yeah. of how I think about her from Mad in terms of story? And I'm not sure how many people connect this, but I know you will, is she reminds me of Kingpin. Like 
very smart, strategic, trying to do the right thing by doing the dirty work, essentially, but does have like this, when they blow their lid, they're mad. Like we see Kingpin do incredibly crazy, crazy things when he gets incredibly angered. And we see Maggie, when she gets pushed over this boiling point, do some pretty sus stuff, you know, even worse than just spitting out a tooth at someone with high velocity. Yeah, I totally agree with that. But it's important to note that that is a change. A year ago, season eight, she was not characterized that way. Like she was just seen as completely crazy. So this is a change and probably is a nice healthy twist in order to make her a legend. Yeah. But the lore explanations and consequences for this, I'm really looking forward to diving into. Yeah, we'll dive into it more, but let's theorize on some abilities. And we don't have a ton to go off of, honestly. We're just theorizing off some of the images that came with her announcement. There's a couple features. We see like a whip lash thing and this charged disc potentially emitting some sort of energy. I've seen people compare it to a Beyblade, which cracks me up and mm-hmm. I think it's awesome. Uh, and we also see a little bit of a jetpack on her. Uh, someone who leaks uh, pointed out, or Garrett leaks, apologies, apologies, Garrett leaks pointed out that the jump pack is actually lower down on her body and separate. And so we do actually have a little bit of a jetpack, which I think you and I are both a little confused by. That'd be crazy. We already got a jetpack character in the game. But if we get some sort of mobility ability with her, then things start to get really interesting. Yeah, that would definitely make her a lot more attractive as a popular legend. We will see, though. I really, we don't know a whole lot about her abilities. And we're not going to get too into it just because Mm -hmm. we think you probably know more than us by now in terms of when you're listening to this and what's been released. Mm -hmm. Um, But other things that we've noticed just about her character model is that she has these throwing knife dart spikes that, because she's from Salvo, likely explode on her waist bin. So she has those on her belt. That could Mm -hmm. definitely be an ability. How it's implemented, really not sure. If that is something, we lean towards that being a tactical. And then the sort of Beyblade uh, disc being an ultimate. It's pretty normal for them to show the picture with the Mm -hmm. character holding their ultimate in some way, shape, or form. So I definitely think that makes a lot of sense. I don't know what we think it will be though i've seen people theorize that it'll be like a knockback ability like send people flying stun is always an interesting option i don't think we're going down the flashbang track uh, which i know some people have talked about after seeing especially what happened with seer what do you think though on these it's really tough because it really looks like something that she will throw that will emit some sort of energy Mm -hmm. which in a game like this probably means a stun ability so you charge this up, throw it out as an ultimate, it then is going to stun enemies in a radius. Similar to Horizon's ultimate, except mm-hmm. instead of gravity, it's just kind of freezing. It's really, really similar though. So that's kind of where you might go logically. If you were to go a little bit counterintuitive with me for a moment, sure, it's possible that this is a support ultimate. Okay, okay. In some way either uh, affecting friendly legends and their abilities or cooldowns or 
reloads Mm -hmm. or movement, I think that there is a chance that even though it's not logical because Maggie is big, explosive, she wants to kill every single legend, she's already said that. We're seeing the humanitarian side at the same time a little bit. We are. Yeah. So that's kind of my my secondary option that to me might make a little bit more sense just because the primary option is so similar to Horizon in my eyes. I think one thing I've been thinking about is how do you if, how do you separate it? Obviously, if you're doing like a stun, some electricity kind of thing on the ground in theory, maybe it is like it's every ability in Apex is like a circle. You throw out the Caustical, it's a circle. You throw out the Horizontal, it's a circle. What if you charge up this whip, you whip it straight out, and you create almost like a wall that goes pretty far? And so it's like it's. Maybe it's a narrow, but it is like it blocks off an area in a pretty different way than what we're used to in terms of being a straight wall. Very Valorant-esque in terms of how Valorant has a ton yeah. of those like wall block off kind of abilities. Yeah, I mean, to me, I love something like that. I like Rampart mm-hmm. and I like Gibby. And so given a different twist on playing in open space and creating cover, I'd be all about that. Yeah. Could be cool. But anyways, we'll probably, like you said, have some more ideas coming on soon. I, I guess the last things we got to talk about is that we had Ace, ACEU, talk about how this legend might have some sort of wall hack ability. I don't know. You have an idea. Talk me through the whole like jet thing. You're kind of spitballing. Like It's an interesting idea, I think, for sure. I honestly don't know. I think that <laughs> it's going to be tough to make Maggie into a support legend. But a wall hack ability does not necessarily mean Seer or Bloodhound. Yeah. It could mean something like Horizon or Fuse, you know? Like it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be really in your face. So that's that. The other thing to consider is what's the passive gonna be? You know, mm-hmm. I think we are really are going off of nothing. But we know that they're working on creating passives that are tied to weapons, and mm-hmm. she does have a few shotgun shells on her character model, so it's possible we're looking at a shotgun passive. Mm-hmm. What that looks like, it's really, really tough, just because yeah. shotguns are so unique in their construction and their mechanics, so what would you do there? Um, I think bigger than that, and looking at the abilities, because that information is going to be coming out so soon, is mm-hmm. Maggie not having... Mobility is concerning. We think yeah. about the history of legends that don't have mobility. Watson, Crypto, Revenant, Rampart, Fuse, Seer, and now Maggie. Not great history in terms of popularity and power. So I'm concerned about Maggie. We'll go more into the lore concerns next week. And hoping that her abilities are really, really cool and fit well yeah. into the game. I, I totally agree. No mobility, always risky. Really excited to see what happens. Uh, this is going to wrap up the show for us, though, today. And we're going to actually answer questions on Saturday's episode for the five star Apple Pod questions. And we'll get back to Discord questions next week, hopefully. Schedule gets a little wonky this time of year when we get a new season coming around. But all that means is more content for you guys. With that, though, thank you for listening. Thank you to our producer, The Third Party 10, as well as our dropship captain, Luke, who support us over on Patreon. Subscribe on Apple Pods, drop a follow on Spotify, and check out our Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to The Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, now, another squad coming in.
Whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow.